Ladies and gentlemen, interrupting your podcast feed with no theme song needed. It's your buddy Gavin. It's my buddy Dan O'Brien, which can only mean one thing. Wine, Wall, and Dragons is back for our second season, but for season seven of Game of Thrones, Dan O'Brien, it is 10.08 in the East. How we doing? I'm doing great. It's been 18 months, Gavin, since I think I've officially been on the pod, since Game of Thrones was on. Um, and quite honestly, I think we needed the break, uh, you and I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, you've came um, yeah, me out a few times, but yeah, I mean, you, you really, uh, you know, it's like any long, hard-fought season, we needed some time to go golfing and see our families and all that stuff. To, to fall back in love, you know? To fall back in love, and now you're back for a short seven-week season by their standards. Of Game of Thrones, it's Wine, Wall, and Dragons because legally we cannot mention the, ty- the words Game of or Thrones on SoundCloud or they, they won't put it up because HBO will like band it, which is crazy. Ooh, but uh, I get it. But we get it. It's very, very lucrative and, and, and um, everybody's trying to get a piece of the action of Game of Thrones. And, and so we've been doing this and our whole thing is we, we don't like to wait. We don't have to have theories, research. We watch the episode. We go live episode ended like 10 minutes ago so here we go um why don't you start us off with uh well first of all did you re-watch most of season six today like i did i did and not only did well it wasn't today i unlike previous seasons when i've done this podcast with you i'm pretty sure i'm gonna know everybody's name now because i've actually done research this time i have spent taken to a whole new level yeah oh i have spent dozens of hours not only watching well, past seasons, but uh, listening to hot just different hot takes, reading different things, going back to the books and reading things. Well, I actually know what's going on in every scene, which, although I've done a Game of Thrones podcast for a couple of years now, was never the case in the past. Uh, so, you're, it's a whole new Dan O'Brien tonight. I'm going to have some real, some real insight, perhaps. Well, I love it. Well, you started off with a couple of questions off the bat that you have for like larger theme things. Uh, Let's start with one that I know people will be interested in, which is your question is, who the heck is Daenerys Targaryen going to team up with? And I will pose that question that you've kind of rhetorically asked to me to you first. What do you think? Well, yeah, well, I mean, the, the team, the obvious partner, I think that even in the uh, the scenes from the next, they mentioned that they're going to start talking about this, I think. You know, obviously she teams up with Jon, but she she left uh, Dario Naharis and this and the uh, this whatever the army that he had, the Seven Sons. Seven or, Sons, yeah. yeah. Second Sons, Second Sons. Facts now. Second Sons, okay, whatever. Um, but she left them back in Marine, and she's coming to find a partner. She needs to, to partner with somebody to build alliances, you know, to have like a king to her queen. That's right. Um, who the heck is capable of that? Who is going to be her, her match? Um, it, I mean, in Targaryen custom... It still couldn't be Jon Snow because it seems we all know now that they're related. They're half brother. They're half brother and sister, which is we've seen worse on this show. <laughs> yeah, it's a step up for the Targaryens, frankly. So, yeah, because they've been, they've had a long line of marrying their sisters and brothers. <laughs> but and it, that makes sense. But will would I? I feel like they're going to partner. I don't think they're going to romantically partner. I'm not sure if uh, our culture is ready for the heroes of a series to be uh, incestually involved. So, <laughs> but we know that they're ready for the villains to be because obviously the Lannisters are. We'll get into them in a minute. But yeah, I mean, I see her obviously teaming up with them. And the other group that I think, first of all, the beginning today reminded me of a question and watching it all day today reminded me that, you know, I know that in some of this, 
the scenes, we have to suspend disbelief that time has elapsed in a little bit because, yeah. you know, Lord Varys leaves Marine and then he's in Dorne after the Sand Snakes kill, um, you know, Elian Martell or, you know, uh, and, and then uh, he's back on the boat with her coming back across the narrow sea after meeting with Lady Oleana after the sept explodes and Tommen kills himself. So basically, suspend the disbelief. My point is, I believe Lady Oleana, the Sand Snakes of Dorne, the ladies' Sand Snakes, are also in some type of a cahoots with uh, with Daenerys Targaryen. So yeah, I, I, I agree. And so maybe there could be a suitor coming from down there, but I don't think there are any guys left over there. Oh no, no. If you're talking about suitors, yeah. I mean, I think I think um, my fault. No, that's a good point. And logically, I mean, clearly, Aaron Greyjoy, the crow's eye, has now made a play for Cersei, as we learned tonight, which we'll get he's into. Table, one would think, but like, what's he going? Yeah, I don't know how we're going to do. If we're going to jump around, but yeah. I What's what is the prize that he said or the gift? Right, right. Well, yeah. Let's let's, let's save that just for a second to set it up better because I want to get to your second point, which is about the sun god. Sorry, the god of fi- uh, fire, god of fire. Or what, what do we call him? Raylor. Raylor. That's right. The Lord of Light. Right. So you posed a great question during the abbreviated pre-show, which was: Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? What is he after seven seven years? Sixty-one sixty-one episodes in. I still don't know if this Lord of Light is uh, good or bad. It seems like you know he represents fire, represents light, which seems to be the opposite of the White Walkers or cold and death and whatever. Uh, so it seems like there's going to be some natural confrontation there. But also the Lord of Light is responsible for some of the, the worst things happening um, in, in the or 61 episodes. So bulk of the series. <laughs> yeah, but bulk of the series. So I don't know. And then you have Derek and Darian coming back and they seem like good enough guys and they seem, you know, but then you had people that were following the Lord of Light, the guy from the books, Lem Lemoncloak, who was yes. killed here. Um, they weren't good guys. They killed that preacher who was there for one episode from Deadwood. Right. And obviously the Hound, but that was kind of the way to get the Hound back involved with, um, with Dondarian and with Theoros of Mir or Mira Thoros, sorry. No, Thoros Amir. Okay, my bad. So anyway, but, but, but then also, if you recall, at the end of the season six, um, as punishment, Jon Snow sent Lady Melisandre, whatever her name was, down south. And just said, don't come north again. Now, if she finds those guys, whether good or bad, she's got an axe to grind now with Jon Snow, whose life she did save. Uh, I don't, I, I, I So I think the, the answer is we still don't know. We still, I I don't know after 61 episodes who the good guy is, who the hero of the story is, because they've been killed off a handful of times. They switch sides. For God's sakes, there's theories out there that Jamie Lannister is a good guy. Well, he might be because, you know, he may have an axe to grind in that. And they alluded to it tonight, and maybe we can get into this a little bit, which is, you know, in series first scene, She's basically plotting conquesting the seven kingdoms again, and, and, and Jamie's like, "Well, you have like three three kingdoms at best right now. Uh, right. We've got clowns to the left of us, and jokers to the right, and enemies everywhere else, you know." So, but she basically is talking about getting married again, and Aaron Greyjoy shows up looking for a wife, and then as as you mentioned briefly ago, she declined the offer, and he said, "Well, I'll come back when I have a valuable prize." But could that prize be Tyrion, for instance? And you know, even though Jamie and Tyrion didn't leave it on good terms, and then Tyrion killed their dad, um, you know, right. there's still a chance that if, if 
we can get another like three way Lannister death match if great you know if the Crow's Eye brings back Tyrion as a, as a hostage. You know, there's there's some things there that could turn Jamie into a good guy. Is all I'm saying. And to your point, anybody could be a good guy, and pretty much anybody could be a bad guy. But listen, I, go ahead. I see that the, the entire length of this series, going from from episode one, where Jamie pushed out Bran out the window and paralyzed him yes. because he fought in a compromising position with his own sister. That's yeah. pretty much as bad as you can get for a villain. Yeah. I, I can see, and it would be very game of, it would be on message for Game of Thrones to at the end of the seven, eight seasons to have him being the actual hero. It's, it's not a total stretch to see that happening. Not at I mean, all, because honestly we're seeing it with the Hound as well. Um, you know, the Hound, and I'll get into this, and then I want to go back to the very beginning of the show because that was badass. But anyway. Yeah, I don't want to skip over that. That was But fan. the Hound, they showed some random scene in the, in the pre, on previously. The best part about a 61-episode, like, linear but nonlinear epic is that sometimes they'll scenes to the next or whatever, scenes from the past from, like, seven years ago. <laughs> So, <laughs> and you know something's happening. And I'm like, why is the 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 scene where Arya is a prisoner of the Hound and he kills the guy, the father and his daughter, in a cottage relevant to this opener of season seven? And we learn that the the you know Thoros of Mir and and, and Beric Dondaria and the Hound come across that that cottage. It's winter, and those two bodies of that father and daughter are found as skeletons, dead, freezing cold, starving together huddled a mass and you know the hound not only buries them out of respect even though he killed them for like 30 30 cents yeah. you know seven years ago but we're you know he also looked into the fire which is his biggest weakness and made that statement of isn't it ironic that the guys that i'm like doing my face turn with are like obsessed with fire and everybody knows from season one the hound hates fire because the mountain burned his face off when they were boys Right, I, and I think it's safe to say, or uh, I'm pretty certain that the Hound is going to be now all in with these, uh, with Beric and Thoris Amir. Like he is part of that group, and that's a pretty formidable, small but a formidable group of. Uh, right, like, but they clearly have some power, as, as evidenced by the Hound looking into the flames and actually seeing what I believe is towards the end of the episode, the 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 White Walkers and the Knights King are crossing what I think is East Watch by the Sea. Right. Um, at the wall, and therefore not worrying about the magic powers of the wall. And so, yeah, those guys would be formidable, and I think they're going to have a, a, a big – they might have a big season. You know, we'll get into that at the end. Who's going to have a big season? Those guys came out of nowhere tonight as potential leaders in the clubhouse. Yeah, that was that was crazy. Also, when you brought East Eastwatch, that makes me think that the uh, the Wildlings were the ones who are going to – John chose to go – man that castle so that makes me a little nervous about the wildlings yeah they don't have a lot of experience with castles because they're wildlings no and they've got a few thousand night watch or uh, you know uh, white walkers coming at them uh, so i think that could bode poorly for the wildlings yes and, and, and here's why so there are 14 episodes left right and there's seven this year and seven next year and the sixth book which is unfinished is called the winds of winter and the seventh book is called, and it's not done either, obviously, it's even less done, A Hope for Spring, which leads me to believe that this season is going to be dark as F. And I see a lot of wildlings getting just ruined by the White Walkers, uh, for sure. No, I, I guess that makes sense. It, it totally does, actually, and that doesn't make me excited. But, you know, 
Empire Strikes Back is the critical favorite of all the Star Wars movies, so and that was the darkest of all of them, so maybe we'll really enjoy it. And maybe that Arya Stark opening scene was some red meat for the for the fans, for the for the viewers to start off on a high note and it might not get that Yeah, good. let's just get into that because the last thing they show us in scenes from last season or the past is Arya Stark slitting the throat of old Walder Frey. Yeah. Which is great because the first scene is Walder Frey with his head still on. Yeah. And a little confusion, a little confusion for the first But it's seconds. good because, you know, she, she clearly, when she killed him last season, she ripped off the face of the, the pretty barmaid and was Arya Smart because of all her work at the House of White and Black or Black and White, you know, Black and White God. And so I wasn't fooled for a second. I'm sure you weren't either. You were like, that's Arya Stark, right? Oh, it, like after I realized it wasn't a uh, flashback, I thought it was a flashback at Red Wedding for half a second. Yeah, uh, but no. Once I, once I realized it wasn't, it was. We all knew it was Arya Stark. There is no question she got her money's worth at that assassin school. Uh, <laughs> she is really using all the tricks she learned yeah. and doing a great job, and I commend her for it. But it was a lo- It was five years of waiting and watching a training montage, but now it's really paying off. Well, and happened. I think you voiced this last year, which is like, when is this training montage going to pl- pay off? Yeah, and boy, boy, am I pleased. Yeah. I, really, I, I mean, you know, you know, you know, people say, what's the ROI on higher education these days? Well, that's it right there, folks, okay? Yeah. You, you, tell, you tell everyone who asks that the North remembers and winter has come. That was fantastic. Now, listen, I want to hear your take on this. If this was a, a comedy show or heck, I mean, there are some funny moments, moments of levity sprinkled in, but if this show was a farcical show... Do you know what song would have started playing when she said that to the phrase daughter slash granddaughter, whatever that, those girls were, and said, you know, tell them the North remembers? Because she had basically, she had just poisoned every single male fray. Do you know what? This, is this a song in the world that we, you and I live in now? Yes, or? it is. Oh, then I don't know what you tell me. Uh, it would be Belle, but the, those, that girl is poison. <laughs> that would have taken me out of the episode a little bit. It would have, it would have, you know, ruined, ruined the, I agree. But I, is, is it bad that the first thing I thought was better cue her theme music poison? <laughs> anyway, congrats to, congrats to Arya Stark for, for killing the entire Frey clan in like what seems to be a well thought out fortnight. Yeah. I, I feel like that was almost a, and not an apology, but a, uh, a thank you to the fans for waiting 18 months for the previous episode because uh, they really delivered. It was something everybody wanted. They wanted, you know, that was a... And that's a, an easy one to do. A big slam dunk for the Starks, which everybody wanted. Uh, and nobody likes the phrase, the McBoyles of... Uh, <laughs> they really are the McBoyles. <laughs> yeah, the, the McBoyles of the, of, the world. Of always sunny fame. Um but uh, I mentioned earlier, and I, we're kind of jumping around, and I apologize for that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm still processing all these. Wonderful- so much action. There really was. But speaking of, you said, speaking of getting taken out of the world uh, and, and really kind of losing for a second. Yeah. Ed Sheeran, man. Yeah, what's Ed Sheeran doing in a cameo? Ed Sheeran, Game of Thrones might be the last show on earth that needs to do stunt casting. Right. And not they certainly didn't need it, but... I don't know. I wasn't a big fan. That that was the low point of it for me. It's had just being like, why is that? Ch- I like Ed Sheeran. He seems like a lovely man, very talented. Yeah. But, um, My guess on. there, 
My guess there, and I'm literally making this up on the spot, is that Ed Sheeran's a fan like the rest of us. And of that course. maybe, maybe you know, David Benioff or D.B. Weiss wanted to get their kids backstage to Ed Sheeran. And Ed was like, no problem. Got one favor. Can you cast me as a crooner? Ugh. I mean, clearly, clearly there's some mutual like love there. Like somebody's kids love Ed Sheeran and Ed loves a show. And he's like, I'll give you the VIP package, but you got to give me a scene in episode, you know, in season seven. Listen, everybody loves Game of Thrones, everybody loves Ed Sheeran, but that doesn't necessarily... Never the twins shall meet until tonight. Exactly. It's just not... And if Ed Sheeran wants to... If, if they want to get backstage passes Ed Sheeran's thing, then, you know, give them a signed sword from Jamie Lannister or some BS. <laughs> get, them, get them a nice prop, a super Valerian sword. Um, but, come on. Uh, I, they, they didn't need to have Ed Sheeran as that, that one random actor. Also... Is she going to kill all those guys? She definitely is. Isn't I hope so, because one, I don't need Ed Sheeran hanging around all season. Number two, I like that basically they were like, what are you going to do? And they were all Lannisters, by the way. They were all red, red-cloaked Lannisters. And she was like, I'm going to kill the queen. <laughs> and they were like, you know, half a pause, all laughed hilariously, and so did she. But I think the next scene is face rip, throat punch. <laughs> like, uh, like throat punch, throat punch, throat punch. I certainly agree with that. And Kung Fu chop. Everyone around the fire was just being so lovely and nice and pleasant. And all their swords were packed away on like the one log. She noticed that. We noticed that. Dude, I think she is going to absolutely ruin Westeros this season. She's a stone cold killer. But I was also shocked. Is it true that she is going to to Westeros? She's not going to Winterfell? Oh, you mean King's Landing? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's going. She doesn't know that Jon and, 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 and Sansa are there. She... She thinks everybody's dead. But hasn't she heard? Like everybody's heard that the phrase have been have been murdered. Word travels. She might. She has to have heard that Jon Snow is alive and is now the King of the North, or is you know. I mean, Cersei. it just sounds like she's on an island out there in the Riverlands, man. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I agree with you, but she clearly doesn't know because she's going to find Cersei herself, which I think is actually our best shot at getting Cersei dead. And that actually plays into a theory you and I talked about this weekend when I was visiting in Philly. Um, which is how much more do we really have slash need of the Jamie Cersei arc to move the real thing, which is the uh, Knights King versus probably the Targaryen Stark uh, alliance? Yeah, and don't give me uh, there's there's not a lot left. It's it's Jamie, it's it's Cersei, it's Kevin Lannister, a casually rock, and it's the Mountain. That's about their entire squad right now. Yeah, their squad me- is weak. Euron Greyjoy is not the one to come save the day and make it a formidable army. Especially dressed like Mick Jagger. Like, talk about talk about not being in character. Like he doesn't dress like any of the other Greyjoys. No, he, he dresses he, like a guy that I saw down in Old City the other night. We were hanging out, having drinks in the sidewalk. And he uses all the affectations for acting. He is oh, he's, he is prancing around the stage like Mick Jagger. Yeah, what, I literally uh, had in my notes, and he's dressed like Mick Jagger. And he was kind of <laughs> like doing the, and I'm doing the dance to you, and obviously the fans can't see it, but the bottom line is he was kind of peacocking around like Mick Jagger. He That's exactly, Euron Greyjoy was peacocking all around the King's Landing. Oh, I came to play today, man, my analogies. I came to play. Um, Regarding oh, that scene, too, I just wrote one little note real quick. And yeah. Check. Check this out. I don't know if this is a thing or just was in my head. It looked like the Iron Throne that Cersei was sitting on looked rusted compared to previous seasons. Mm. And 
check that out. I don't know, it, it, which would be you it's know, a worthwhile conversation to have. Yeah, it just uh, I think that maybe that's purposeful. Maybe a little know. foreshadowing, kind of like a you know. Yeah, but it, well, you know what? When I'm thinking back right now, um, the Iron Throne it was like silver swords in season one, like it was a gleaming, and now it's like rusty and dull. Right. Uh, like this empire is crumbling. It's been time. Yes, there's not a lot of care. I mean, we've had like we've had like four kings, and in the last deck, in the last couple of years, and also. Again, everybody knows that the everybody's playing for the Iron Throne, except for Jon Snow. But it means nothing. So no, uh, you know, I mean, they may, and I think that's part of it because when we saw da- Daenerys' new throne later in the show, that thing looked badass. It was probably four times as big. I right. believe it was actually made of dragon glass, obsidian. And we oh. learned we learned in the show from Sam Tarley's doing some excellent detective work down in the Citadel at Meister School that. Dragonstone was built on basically a huge field of like dragon glass. Of course, it oh was. yeah, all of a sudden that castle is fantastic. It's gorgeous looking. I had no idea from the scenes in the past. Also, the doors were just totally unlocked. Yeah, it was like uh, I know Stannis left in a hurry to get to the wall to help Jon Snow and all those folks back in like season five. But uh, you, you think they would have put, turned the lock on? You know, turn the lights off, turn the lock off. You know, set the alarm. It's a giant castle. I don't live in a I don't live in a very nice house, but if I left for uh, for ten days, there'd be squatters in here. Uh, there's a, that's a giant, beautiful castle. So nobody came in. I mean, there. Yeah, how is nobody squatting it? And how did Stannis leave no one behind a man that you know mine that mine the keep? You know, or maybe they left. But does, doesn't anybody live around Dragonstone? And maybe they would just uh, kind of slide. Yeah, in Yeah, oh hey, the neighbors moved out of Dragonstone. Let's take it for ourselves. The sweet castle with the sweet throne room. You know, exactly. All um, right, well but, that's fair. This um, from Dragonstone. How about how about the line really quickly? When this is my favorite line of the night because I think it was that one that I've read all five books, and that's not like me. Like oh, but but Euron Greyjoy says, "I'm the greatest captain of the 14 seas." And my first question was, "There are 14 seas in the realm?" A lot of seas. It's a lot of seas. I just think that was a big number to hit us with without having ever referenced the number of seas before, in my opinion. So. Well, I mean, we could look at the map and probably cross-check it. Maybe for next. No, and no, I certainly will. I have the map right over here in my uh, my coffee table. Don't worry about it. You nerd. No, no, it's inside the book. But I mean, I got it, so I can look it up. Um, what did we think about uh, the fact that it wouldn't be season one op- or a, a, an episode one of Game of Thrones unless some dong was hung? And in this time, they did it in a very sneaky way. Uh, oh. Sam Tarly was working with the Archmeister weighing the liver of some dead Meister. And if you look carefully, there was a little dead wiener wang hanging out of that dead Meister. And of course, because you can't have a season of Game of Thrones without someone hanging down. It's just the way uh-huh. it is. It's very Thundergun, to quote <laughs> Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Well, I, I got to go back and watch that then. I got to see that. I got to catch that. I can't believe I missed it. Yeah, it was, I, mean, we, I can because it was not. It wasn't necessarily in its most massive state. I'll put it that way to keep it as family friendly as I can. You've got a keen eye, Gavin. What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> well, I was kind of repulsed by the insides of the the body being you know weighed on scales, so I decided to look around the room a little bit. And whoops, there it is. <laughs> very attentive. Very attentive. All right, what did we? Did you catch that, that was Jorah Mormont reaching out? Yeah. To, how did wait? What's how did he get there? Oh, I mean, I, you know. How does anybody get anywhere in Westeros, right? Yeah, but he's there. But it, what's he doing? Is he is that a cell? 
Yeah, it sounds like he went down there to get like looked at with his grayscale, and now he's probably like at the stu- like a study of like they'll try to cure him, but he's actually more of a science project. He's still got, and he there is still a storyline for him though. He's my guess. I in that cell. My guess is that Sam, because Sam's doing all the bedpan work, all the feeding of like sick dudes with grayscale work. My guess is that he and Sam to he Sam finds a cure in that restricted library area, which he also finds. Oh. For grayscale, he cures Jura, and those two become part of the mix. That's what's going to happen there. I just feel good about that. I'm looking into the flames right now, Dan. That's what I'm seeing. <laughs> the flames have been wrong many, many times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I will say I think that they're going to partner. I, I don't think Jura's getting cured, though. Yeah. Uh, I, I, he's, I, I think he's done. But I think there's still stuff to do. He and he's the only one that's going to listen to or believe Sam. Yes. Uh, but I think they will start a bond and they will start exchanging information and benefit each other. Yes. I don't result in Jorah getting healed though, because I, I think his storyline, like he's not going back out into the world to do anything big. I don't think. Yeah. And if he, if he does, it's going to be because Sam Tarly finds the cure for, uh, grayscale, which would be a, a pretty big notch in his, in his, in his, or link in his chain, if you will. Uh, two quick hits and then a couple other things, but, Bran Stark with Mira gets dropped off by Uncle Benjen, a.k.a. Cold Hands, at the wall. He's now south of the wall. That's big news, I think. That fantastic. And he seemed very dour. Uh, he was not in good spirits. No. Nope. I guess he's seen everything that's going on. Um, so if I, see, if I seem distracted, I apologize. It's because I have on mute the, uh, the replay of the Game of Thrones episode. And the dong just got hung again. Exactly. I'm watching it, too. <laughs> I apologize. Sorry, fans. I know it's I just way too many uses of that word this week, but it's it's just prevalent right now in our lives. Acting. Um, how about Jon Snow and Sansa having their first public spat? I don't know, man. And I, I talked about I talked to you about this this weekend. Um, Sansa has always had a uh, she's always been on the wrong side of things from the from day one of this of this year. Last year, she was a hugely sympathetic character for very good reasons, and she ended up saving the day by sending a raven. Um, but I feel like she has bad instincts, and what's worse is that she's got Littlefinger in her ear, and I feel like Little Littlefinger is going more so than the Lannisters. Littlefinger is going to be the villain of the next two seasons. Yeah. I that, I, um, unpopular opinion, I, I think he is real. That's just going to be hard to watch him splitting up Sansa and and uh, Jon Snow. Jon Snow, uh, parentheses Targaryen. Correct, because that is official, as everybody knows. Spoiler alert: if you've seen, if you saw this episode, you saw season six, episode ten, which means you know that in fact it was confirmed that R plus L equals J, which is uh, rare Targaryen plus Lyanna Stark equals Jon Snow, and which also means that he's not Sansa's. He is not Sansa's actual brother. They're cousins. Uh, no, still not cool to get married or be romantically involved. But I do feel like there's a little bit of like a – I mean, this again, that would be one way to get through the little finger thing. I, I suppose. Uh, I'm not going to lobby for, for incest No, none of us are. None of us are. Sure. Except for the incest lobby, but we don't support their viewpoints. <laughs> um yeah, Littlefinger is going to be the the worst person in the world in the next couple of, of seasons, um, and I'm I'm not excited. I I don't like his face. I don't like when he talks or uh, or anything. 
uh, the opposite of Littlefinger to me, if we're talking about still up in the north, uh, my new favorite ever since uh, Juan Juan the Giant passed away tragically last season is Lady Mormont. Oh, she's um, great. L- little Lady Leo- Lady Oleana Mormont, man. She's an absolute boss. Or Leanna, uh, Leanna Mormont, not Oleana, sorry. Sure. But anyway, yeah. she's a little she's a little spark of fire and we love her. She's given the Am best right? model. <laughs> what a juicy – is there a juicier part for a 12-year-old girl ever? Like they just give her the best monologues. She just knocks it out of the park. It's fantastic. Yeah, no, she um, might get to host late night after this. I mean she's great. True, and, and I, I hope, I hope we are given an opportunity to actually see her in battle at some point. And I hope it's fantastic. We might um, get to because she definitely lobbied hard for women and children getting to fight in this war against the whites. So, yeah, and if you want to talk about a, a death that would really tug at people's heartstrings, holy cow! Oh man, if that little girl gets think about be, it, that'd be tough. I hope it ends well. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get a couple more in here, and then we're out of here. Uh, did you notice that? There's a little bit of an homage, in my opinion, to you know the Pink Floyd song "Money," where it's like, you know, it starts the cash register and it like just kind of becomes the song. Oh yeah, the bedpans. So the bedpans when Sam was you know almost puking and cleaning bedpans and pouring soup and hearing Meister's like groan and exp- expunge right. gas from their their rectums. Wow, I'm, I'm all over the place tonight. But it became a little bit of a, a bedpan version of "Money" by Pink Floyd. Yeah, that was that was tough to see, and it was tough for you to say the word rectums again and hear that. That was really the good news is it's a scientific term, so I'm still not swearing. I just kind of I chose a bad word there, but for some reason I didn't want to say the word fart, so I went with rectum instead. It's late, man. Oh. <laughs> Jeez, we are really. <laughs> I know really it's late. I know you're weary, Kenny Rogers, man. Okay, <laughs> let's get to the big finale. Okay. Ugh. Cue the Puff Daddy music because Danny is coming home. She's coming home. And they already, we know, they walked into, they walked into Dragonstone. But is it just me or did very, does very seem to shed a few pounds over the overseas voyage? He looks ripped. He looks great. Varys, congratulations. Gluten free. I don't know about ripped. He's certainly not a ball, a tubby ball of dough that he was in season. <laughs> Uh, but he, he does look slimmer. All that time travel back and forth across the ocean may be very good for his constitution. Um, so I, I applaud him for that. Good for him. He's staying fit. He knows you know there's tough days ahead. He, he needs to be in shape. That's right. You can't just be rolling around whisp- be the master of whispers any longer, sir. Um, um, am I missing anything that you have for notes wise? Um, just one, a couple couple things. Uh, uh, Thoros of Mir and his top knot. Not only did he have a top knot, but uh, the Hound referenced his top knot. That's like a man bun. Man buns officially ended tonight. Yeah, <laughs> that was the I end of man buns. Um, let me, I'm just looking over these other things. Oh, yeah, yeah, mm. no, that's about it. I feel. I feel like uh, having done literally more research for this show and it wasn't I wasn't doing the research for the podcast necessarily for, for yourself I'm committed it was just because I so I like the show so much I've literally done more studying and and background work for this show in the last month than I have in anything in my entire life and that is it's it's just uh it's sad in a lot of ways uh, but uh it was enjoyable I spent probably 80 hours listening and reading and doing things, and 
it's fun if you're on house arrest or if you've torn your Achilles tendon and you have nothing else to do. But I have children, I have a family, and I spent so much time doing uh, nonsense all so I could just know who Thoros of Mir is. Right. Uh, it, it feels good, though. It feels good having you on board with names now. What I also I, like I, is that our, um, buddy, our buddy Dan Ruddle is watching this on tape delay, and he must have just finished because he keeps texting us, which – if any of the folks listening can hear a bump, 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 that's Dan Rettle not realizing that we're in the middle of a podcast. So thanks a lot, Dan. Uh, at least we haven't lost connection with each other. Um, all I'll say is this really quickly. Places listening, Seoul, South Korea was number two last week. Number one, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Not surprised. Oh, all right. So that's good for Philly. We did have I, a chance to do so- a, meet and, a meet and greet with some uh, freestyle listeners last week yeah. in Old City. That was nice. That was, that was very fun. It was very nice. But, okay, so what do we think? Are we going to get some Night's King next week? I mean, I know we got him very briefly today, walking with the, the group. I don't – I mean, the Night's – I think the next 14 episodes, they're going to move pretty fast. Yep. Uh, we only have 14 of them left. So I think the pace – today was a lot of – outside of the opening scene, which was just amazing, I think the, it was a lot of setup for this season. Um, it was moving ch- pieces of the chessboard so that we can get to different places, and I think it's going to move real fast. The Night's King, I think, is going to be featured in, if not every episode, you know, most of them. Yeah. Uh, and I think when we see him get to Eastwatch, I think it might be a bloodbath again with our buddy Tormund and the Wildlings. Oh, I Tormund. Like- see, I love that you know Tormund's name now, because I wanted to look it up and I forgot to, and that's great. It is Tormund. <laughs> I am here for you. I have done the research. I love it. Well, here's my here's my thing. And everybody, by the way, filibusterfreestyle.com. Check us out. Tweet us. You can, can we tweet you at Dan? Can we tweet you, Dan O'Brien? No. So you can tweet me at Gavin Viano. And, uh, you know. Social media presence for me. That's exactly right. But the bottom line is, no, there's going to be no outro credits. But all I'm saying is this. If the people of the Seven Kingdoms can put their petty, greedy differences aside, they've got a shot against these White Walkers. If not... I don't care what kingdom little finger thinks he's going to rule, but it's essentially going to be some rock in the middle of the Western Sea or one of the other 13 seas. And that's all I got for you. No, I agree. And little that's the thing is Littlefinger knows all, all he can, he probably more than anybody, about the inner workings of the different kingdoms and the different uh, uh, the groups of humans going on. But he has – think about it. He has no frame of reference for what's going on north of the wall. Um, He's never seen it. He may have. He's heard rumors. He's, right. you know, he's fucked. But that is the one. He's planning for all the stuff going on with the the inner workings between different groups of humans, and he has no plan. I don't think for what's going right, on. Right, which which leads me to believe that something that he does will be one of the reasons that we lose at least two or three of these good humans, uh, yeah. and or hundreds of thousands of like Stark army people in the next six episodes. Right, and I know, I know where there's going to be some dark days. I agree with you. I think this season is going to be a tough one. Um, we're going to lose some people that we really like. I don't even want to say Davos Seaworth, but I will say it. He's, he's uh, not. I mean, he's on the board, dude. I will, I will weep like a child when that happens. Um, but I already am looking forward to however awful, awful way that Littlefinger dies, whether it be this season or next. I know it's going to happen, and I know it will be satisfying and well deserved. Most people who deserve to die get it get it better than those who didn't. You know what I mean? But it sometimes it takes years. Yeah, like I, I rewatched I rewatched Ramsey's Ramsey's dogs eating him today, and that was pretty satisfying. Mm, <laughs> well, I, I, that could have been a full episode of just Ramsey dying. Yeah, could have been all right. I miss his little smirk, except I don't. All right, man, <laughs> stick around for a second. We'll catch up, ladies and gentlemen. Episode one is in the books. Wine, wall, and dragons. 
GOT, season seven, Philip Buster Freestyle, no outro music. They ain't, ain't got no time. Talk to you later.